0: Hey guys, welcome to Happy, Sad, Confused. I'm Josh Horowitz. It's my podcast. You're the person listening to it. Those are the roles we play in this conversation. Uh, joining me uh, for the intro, as usual, Sammy. Hey, Sammy.
1: Did it, do. All
0: right. Um, <laughs> this week on the show is, very appropriately, as we uh, careen towards the Oscars, uh, if you're listening to this, um, when we put it out, which is on Mondays, uh, six days until the Academy Awards. And one of the nominees this year... Is the incredibly talented Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, Her first Oscar nomination, which is kind of insane to think about.
1: That is insane to think about.
0: She is one of these actors that is like, she's like an actor's actor. She's like, has the respect of her uh, brethren in the academy and has had such a, a great assortment of roles over her career. And then, you know, in recent years, thanks to both. Becoming a mom, and frankly, the dearth of roles for women of a certain age has not been as much in the public eye. So it's been a, a real treat to see her get uh, her just uh, acclaim for her role in the Hateful Eight, which, as I mentioned to her in this podcast, is very well represented on Happy Say Confused. This, yeah. this is a movie that clearly I liked because I had on ended up having on Tarantino and Kurt Russell, and now Jennifer. So. um, you know, where I stand on the hateful eight, but, uh, yeah, really cool to have Jennifer on. She's, um, again, one of those actors who, um, like when she was kind of like in her early heyday, you know, like whether it was, you know, first coming to the floor and fast times original on high or later, uh, doing, um, films like, um, Georgia or Single White Female or Hudsucker Proxy um, hit me at the right time. So I've always been a huge fan of her. So it was a real treat to kind of um, talk to her about a lot of her films, including um, the ones I just mentioned, which, um, I mean, Hudsucker Proxy uh, was her her film with uh, Tim Robbins for the Coen brothers, which I'm obsessed with. Georgia, which is a film that um, when I have Winona Ryder on the show – she actually name-checked... Yeah, she, she, she actually name-checked as, like, one of her favorite performances, and that, that jogged my memory, so I, w- I went back and watched it, and it is a really amazing single film. Single
1: White Female? Single White Female oh is one of those God. that everybody, right, yeah. has a
0: soft spot for, because it,
1: it was like... And Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yes. Like, two, like, real classic movies.
0: Which was Fast Times, which was basically her first feature film. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, she was... And, well, you know what's really sweet, too, what she talks a little bit about is that um, her best friend, I think literally she considers her best friend in the world, is Tb and they're still like besties.
1: Oh my god! That fun huge? fact. Yeah. I love that.
0: I, know, I know. I've
1: never heard you say besties before. I'm trying too. to become
0: uh, hip <laughs> and like, with it yeah. since MTV Snapchat You're launched.
1: You're so MTV. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, But yeah, so uh, I was really excited to have her on and it's a great conversation. And as I said, um, she's had a hell of a career. So definitely worth um, the next 45 minutes or so chatting with her. Um, And yeah, I wanted to mention also, you know, um, Oscars, as I said, are coming up and we've been privileged to have a bunch of the Oscar nominees on this year, Mm -hmm. um, including Alicia Vikander,
1: Alicia! Alicia McCandler.
0: Um Yes, who came
1: on. Actually, it's a shame b-
0: she's so ugly. Ugh, <laughs> what a <Ugh>. monster. <laughs> um,
1: Shield your eyes.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, no, but she came on early in the year, actually promoting a different film than um, The Danish Girl. She was promoting a smaller film called um, Testaments of Youth, but we did talk a little bit about Danish Girl and uh, like her 17 other movies she made this past year. So look that one up. Um, look up my I mean I loved my conversation with George Miller the director of Mad Max who Yes, if I'm pulling for somebody for an upset, this next week will be George Miller as Best Director. Probably not going to happen, but it would be amazing hey, to see. Hey, put
1: it out in the universe. I'm, that's you what I'm doing. Know.
0: That's what I'm trying to do.
1: You're doing great.
0: Um, But, you know, not a dark horse. In fact, the likely winner in her respective category, we did have the privilege of having Brie Larson on the show. Oh. And uh, so Brie's great. And if you haven't seen Room yet, check that out. If so she
1: doesn't win. It'd be shocking. I'm never... <laughs> The only other, yeah, Watching I got, a movie. <laughs>
0: wow, that's quite a stand you're taking. <laughs> what is riding on the Oscars for you? Um, this is
1: going to change my life.
0: <laughs> I think yes. If I had to, I'm not, and I don't consider myself an Oscar prognosticator, but I would say Sir Sharonin. Sarah Sherman, yeah. uh, is, any
1: excuse to say I
0: love it I love it who we have to have on the podcast at some point hopefully we will she's doing a play in New York very soon oh uh, yeah yeah The Crucible yeah very exciting ah. one of my favorite plays um, oh
1: one of my favorite ooh. plays <laughs> <laughs> <Is that> <laughs> <always> <laughs> my said? favorite work Is
0: that always that? <laughs> I'm not a learned man but I do know that play yeah um, but I feel like I am a learned man because I, I pronounce it learned. you said learn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you but take I, it. I was gonna say I think I think Sersha may be the, the dark horse in that category. She could take it from Brie, but I think put your money yeah. on Brie.
1: Mm-hmm. What no? What do you think? I don't agree. Okay. I'll tell you that. What are you
0: saying? You don't agree that she's has a chance or you, do, what you what do you what what's part of my statement
1: I don't agree that she would be the second runner up So
0: who's the second runner Remind
1: up Remind me once again who else Oh god
0: is I was just looking game. up my brain is fried now from the Oscar nominees Well let me let me tell you what you look yeah. up the nominees
1: I'm going to look it up and you just keep
0: Okay it up. um well Alice hey, Charlotte Rampling I guess for 45 years is nominated I'm remembering that Winslet's in supporting Oh, my God. My brain is fried. But I was going to say also, one other nominee worth checking out, and we talked to him a while, a while back, um, but Michael Fassbender. So go back into the uh, um, Happy Sad Confused archives if you want to have some cool, fun Oscar nominee conversations that are out there. And I'll tweet these out, too, this week. What do you got?
1: Um, nobody else is going to win it.
0: Oh, so who, who are they?
1: It's Cate Blanchett. Right. Who, like, you can give it to her. Just she
0: just won a couple years ago, too. Oh, right. Yeah.
1: I mean, she's wonderful. No disrespect. Amazing. yeah, yeah. Brie, obviously. J-Law. We love J-Law. She's Jayla. won it. I don't think this is it's it. not the year. This is not the year. No. And it shouldn't be, by the way. If she does win...
0: <laughs> Did you see Joy? I need yeah. Oh, you weren't a big Joy fan, huh? I like Joy more than most, I, I, I will say. I
1: didn't hate Joy. Do I think it's an Oscar-winning right. okay. performance? Fair I don't. Enough. Okay, I'm going to put it out there. Mm-hmm. Um... Charlotte Rampling, I yeah. am a big fan. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I can see your blank eyes. You have no idea who you're even talking <laughs> no, about. So but she sounds very
1: accomplished. She
0: is a very accomplished actress, but she will not win.
1: I guess Schwarzy.
0: Oh I my god! Guess, what did you, I would love it if the whoever is announcing the nominees <laughs> pronounces Saoirse <laughs> <Sha> that way. <laughs> I <think> it's me.
1: Schwarzy. <laughs> 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 Schwarzla. With like all like the guttural. <laughs> I'm sorry, Swarovski.
0: Oh, stop it. Um, yes, Brie and Larson Leo, will win. Leo's going to win. He's going to, of course, he's going to By the win. way, what
1: if Leo doesn't win after all this?
0: I Then I hope they hold on a very lingering shot of his face just to see his brain implode <laughs> live on TV.
1: What if he pulls a brand out, and if he does, he
0: Sends <laughs> up Sachin Little Littlefeather to accept it? I don't think that's happening either. Although he has been very outspoken lately. I know! Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. You never know. He probably will. He'll make, he's actually making very good speeches, I will say, along this little award circuit. But
1: yeah.
0: And he's been bringing his dad and his mom along. He's He's been doing it the right way. He knows... He can read the you know, the tea leaves. It's his time if he plays his cards right, and he has. He's done well with his campaign. I
1: remember when I was a younger child and I had um, a teen bop dedicated to Leonardo DiCaprio. Wasn't
0: every issue of teen bop dedicated learned, to Leo?
1: Uh, no, it wasn't. This okay. is a special one, collector's edition. Oh, wow. And I learned that he was named Leonardo after his mother first felt him kick while looking at the Mona Lisa and named him after Leonardo da
0: Vinci. Wow. I hope you're live tweeting these fun facts as the Oscars are going I'm on. I'm just
1: saying, I think he's going to win.
0: <laughs> okay. Fair, fair enough. Um, from the mouth of Sammy Heller to the Academy voters ears. Yes. Uh I hope you guys enjoy the Oscars. I'll, I certainly will. Um, I'll look out for my coverage for MTV. I'll be on the carpet doing my thing.
1: Taking
0: shots? Uh, no shots. I'm, I'm going to do a little classier. You set a precedent yeah I can't do that my, my liver can't take that no
1: you'll die
0: um, no but I will be there uh, in a spiffy-ish tuxedo trying to be classy with the Oscar nominees so look for those interviews online and um, look out for further we'll, we'll get started on the new nominees for next year immediately next week yeah. if we can yeah um, in the meantime enjoy this Oscar nominee uh, it would be awesome if she upset uh, everybody and, and won an Oscar but if not this year another year for we're Jen-
1: rooting for you
0: Jennifer Jason Lee one of the best uh enjoy this conversation with jiggle jiggle let's just let's pay some respect jennifer ms lee i
1: can't believe you hid her from us what you hid her
0: oh yeah sammy gets annoyed sometimes when i don't mention that the talent is coming in no
1: he was like oh jennifer jason lee just left and i'm like you're an asshole that's not
0: my responsibility it is a little bit all right we're gonna sort this out on our own (laughs) in the meantime enjoy this conversation Good to see you again. You are you were the third member of The Hateful Eight to be on the podcast, which is a record for my podcast. Really? Is that true? Yeah. Quentin was here and Kurt was here. Um, and uh, that shows how much I adore this movie. So congratulations. Thank That's- you. And uh, as I was just saying, when you walked in, it's been, you know, a hectic couple months for you. Yeah. And it's almost through. Well, I, hopefully we'll see you on the Oscar carpet. I'm heading out there myself to do my shenanigans. Oh, but it's going to be a, a fun night. Are you excited about it?
2: Oh, very. Yeah. I mean... It's going to be a great night, I think, and uh, it'll be fun to see you there. It's nice to see a friendly face well, on it's the. Good to
0: see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, red carpet. I, I was uh, yeah, I got to see you guys. It's fun to see you guys all together mm-hmm. too. Like at the press conference, I got to moderate and to see that you know the cliche of like, oh, we all get along. We all really love these. You guys clearly, really, really oh, yeah. obsessively to maybe a degree that's not healthy. Enjoy each other.
2: Perhaps that's true. I'm actually we're all having dinner Thursday night, and I'm working during the day Thursday so I just said to everybody drink slow
0: <laughs> <laughs> is this the uh, is the infamous group text still yeah. going
2: oh yeah really uh-huh. it will never die you know <laughs> if it dies then that'll mean you know, something very bad.
0: Does 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 if Bruce actually texts? Are his texts proportionate to his answers in real life? Uh, I.e., <laughs> are they like six thousand pages of just stories? I mean, I say this in the most endearing way possible.
2: He's also a really great storyteller. Oh my god! I mean, what you say is true, but he is a, he's so fascinating, and also his memory is so sharp. Yeah, it surpasses my memory by, I mean, like decades. I mean, honestly, like he's. He is incredible.
0: Between him and, and, Quentin, and Quentin, it must I mean, be... I never
2: had a, a great memory <laughs> like that anyway, but still, right. you feel it's it's not intimidating. It's just utterly fascinating. Well, you know?
0: it's kind of great to know that, I mean, the guy getting up in years is still has more than all his faculty yeah, still there. No,
2: it's incredible. But I mean, it's just, it's so entertaining to watch them have a conversation. Yeah. And they kind of like test each other all the time too, which is really fun.
0: It seems like it's no coincidence that the kind of like folks that Quentin gathered for this were people that like were either almost kind of born into the business like you and Kurt in a way or someone like Bruce that just like oozes stories of Albert Hitchcock etc. like it seems like as much as he loves the acting ability he loves just sort of like the the, the embodiment of truly, Hollywood.
2: Yeah, and he truly loves acting. Like he said like never think, oh, let's, Bruce doesn't need to come to set. Right. I always want to be there. And it was true. He was always there.
0: Yeah. So has this been the most press you've done for any film in your career, you think? I mean, it's,
2: Um, does
0: it feel different in terms of, can you relate it to any other experience?
2: I mean, I feel like I've done a lot of press on, I've done a lot of other press in the past, but not in the last eight years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so definitely it's the most I've done in the last eight years. But before that, I, I remember having, you know, quite intense times of press, but this is probably the most because it's not only Hateful Eight, it's also Anomalisa. Yeah,
0: which I adore as well, by the way. Yeah. Um, well, we'll get to that one as well. I mean, y- you know, there's so much that, that you've talked a lot to, to, press folk like myself over this process and a lot has been written about the ebbs and flows of, of a career. I mean, do you take exception when people are like, oh, it's her comeback? It's like, it's like, is it more of like, well, well, you know, I had a child. I had a wife. I've yeah, but had I still th- am
2: like, yes, it's my comeback.
0: <laughs> You're like, I'll go with that narrative. If I get better <laughs> scripts, great.
2: Well, the truth is, I i mean, I did, I, I wasn't really working very, very much. I mean, and it's always lovely to say, oh, but that's by choice. But it is and it isn't. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not getting great opportunities, then you're working to actually, you know, pay bills. Yeah, and that has a very different feeling to it. Yeah, it doesn't even feel like acting, because acting's fun, right? And when you're working when you to some other kind of pay the bills, you're just grateful to have the job. But it's, it doesn't it sounds corny, but it doesn't feed you in the same way. Yeah. It's not gratifying in the way it is like going to work every day on the hateful eight. Just never, never wanted that movie to stop filming, you know, <laughs> because as brutal as it was, we were all just having the time of our lives. Yeah. And we knew, you know, you're working with Tarantino. Yeah. He's like a truly magnificent director. And you just feel lucky to be on that set and to be part of his vision.
0: Um, has there been an immediate difference in kind of like offers, directors that are coming back yeah, around? Yes, it is
2: completely life changing. and And he's does that, you know?
0: We've seen it. This, yeah. this Tarantino bump or whatever we want to call it. It's it's, incredible. it's real.
2: Just because he writes such incredible roles and he doesn't look at actors just based on the last 3 movies that they've done. Yeah. He really looks at your whole career and he sees you today the same way he saw you 20 years ago.
0: I had I had something of a in preparation of something of a Jennifer Jason Lee movie festival this weekend. Oh, you did. <laughs> It was kind of it was a little bit haphazard, like haphazard and random based on what was like kind of available and stuff I hadn't seen in a while or never had seen so let me let me think I saw I saw four movies I saw Georgia which is fantastic which I definitely want to talk about a little bit um I saw flesh and blood which I had never seen mm-hmm. I mean it was Paul Verhoeven. I feel like yeah, I have yeah, to you've gotta see that I gotta see
2: that Quentin um, actually referenced uh, flesh and blood is in that one right? of our first meetings about hateful Eight. yeah because like and that's what I'm talking about I think I was 23 when I made that movie and he was saying there's a moment in flesh and bud, which is very much like a moment that Daisy has in this. <laughs> and I, I had to, like, think for a second. It didn't come to me that quickly, you right. know? And then I remembered the, <laughs> the scene.
0: Um, wait, oh, and then I saw Divorce Claiborne, which my wife had never seen, and I wanted to show her. I thought she would appreciate it, and she did. And Miami Blues, which I always had a soft spot for going back. Yeah, me too. What, um, what would you play in the Jennifer Jason Lee Film Festival if you could program your own film festival?
2: <laughs> um... It's funny because I was just actually asked that because yeah. they are having a Well They're something in L.A. for you, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I would definitely have Georgia in there. I would definitely have Miami Blues in there. Um, and, I mean, aside from these two films, which actually they did play, Hateful Eight, but they couldn't play Anomalisa for some reason. Mm-hmm. But um, then it gets a little trickier Yeah. for me, you know what I mean? Because I love, there are certain things I love about a lot of, them Uh, i love different ones like um mrs parker has things that i love in it and um um
0: is is there is there a correlation between the ones that people bring up and the ones that you yourself love like is is it a direct like one-to-one ratio in terms of like no no
2: no not necessarily Mm -hmm.
0: no where is um? And we're gonna bounce around a lot because I might. I'm, it's one of those days. But Hudsucker Proxy, I
2: oh yeah, I, Hudsucker Proxy, I, I love it. that. Might be there because also it's so it's so different from anything else I've ever done. Well,
0: it's different from anything virtually anyone's done in fifty right. years. <laughs>
2: exactly. You know, when I was growing up, I I was homesick. I got used to get the stomach flu all the time. Yeah, which is the worst illness. You just think you're dying. Right. Um, but my mom, when I would have that, she would let me stay in her bed all day and watch old movies on television. And so I fell in love with all these, you know, old like George Kukor movies. And um, I, yeah, I just couldn't get enough of them. And I always wanted to make one, but they didn't get made anymore. And then sure. I read that script and I was like, oh, my God, this is like one of those movies.
0: Was, so. was that character described in that way in terms of like the way she spoke and how quickly she spoke and everything? Like, was that all referenced on the page and in conversation with the Coens or was No.
2: That, it wasn't. It's just to me. It just read that way. Yeah. I mean, their scripts are so explicit in a certain way. Like you, when you read, I mean, all of the stage direction is so beautifully written, and the characters are are so defined by their dialogue. Yeah. I don't. I don't know that everyone came in doing a fast paced uh, thing, but it just. It just seemed like one of those movies to me. So
0: yeah, and then the contrast between your performance and Tim's works so well in that that golly gee whiz kind of just (laughs) like even even just like the sight gag of you two together. He's he's gigantic. You're relatively petite. Um, It just all works. That's that's one that I've seen an insane amount of times and will continue (laughs) to. So so back to hateful eight. I'm just curious because like when I've seen it a few times now and. It's. I know you guys shot, you tried to at least shoot chronologically uh, um, as best as you could. It's curious because like your character doesn't say a tremendous amount even in the first two thirds of the film. Was that kind of an advantage? Did you feel like you were kind of like ready to explode in a way by that end, by those end scenes? How does that inform or help your performance? I mean, I think
2: I, I love that about Daisy because I'm... I'm introverted by nature, right. and I don't really like talking. That m- I mean, with my friends, obviously I yeah. do, but it's um, words have weight, and I am careful. Yeah. Daisy, for Daisy, she's careful too, and she's thinking a lot, and she's she's playing different angles and trying to figure things out and trying to survive. Right. And a lot of what she puts forth is a persona is something that she wants people to think about her. Yeah. But meanwhile, her, the wheels are always turning. So for me, that's all, that was actually a very comfortable place to play because right. I, I understand that.
0: I'm curious, when you read like, a character like Daisy, like in your mind, are there five or 10 or 20 different ways to go with that character? Or is there only one instinctual, like, oh, th- this is the way, if I were to play it, this is how I would play it, and there's not, really, there's not that much to discuss. Or, or is there?
2: There probably is a lot to discuss, but what Quentin wanted to do was for us to just sort of find her in an organic way. Yeah. And so we had these rehearsals where we just sat around a table, and the whole cast, and we just read through the script over and over and over again. And he really didn't want anyone to even stand up until it was until they absolutely had to. Yeah. Um and that was great. And then by the time we stood up and then by the time we started walking through the scenes, we already had some history with one another. Right. And the words didn't feel like words anymore. They started to feel, we started to inhabit them. Yeah. And then by the time we started shooting, we knew, we really knew who we were. And there was no kind of, I I have no idea where Daisy comes from in a certain way, because I feel like Quentin is so much a part of this performance. It's something he gives to you on set and demands of you. Yeah. It's both very, very liberating and very taxing. So it's exhilarating, you yeah. know. Um, and there's a kind of focus that he demands, which I love. Um, but yeah, it's like I when I watch her on. Sc- I remember during the course of filming, you know, people, different people in the cast are saying that I was, whatever, scary or crazy or that <laughs> I didn't. Because I know Daisy so well, I didn't view her that yeah. way. But when I see the movie, it's like, who the hell is that? <laughs>
0: That's amazing.
2: <laughs> I really don't recognize myself, like, at all.
0: Yeah. So did I read correctly? Had you seen the staged reading that he had put on when he?
2: Yeah, I had. That's that's amazing
0: coincidence. Crazy
2: coincidence.
0: So yeah, when he was kind of like debating, it was the storied history of Hateful Eight. When he was kind of like it leaked, and then he decided to do the staged reading. So you were just another audience member that wanted to see Quentin Tarantino do his thing. Yeah, that
2: it would ever get made into a movie, or that any role, if it did, would be available. You know what I mean? It just. I just thought it was a great night of theater.
0: Did that character strike you? Like, did you, like, just instinctually say, like, if and when, oh,
2: I would I would love to play that character, or was it just I removed? I didn't think that, yeah. because I would assume that the girl who did it would be doing it, right. you know? Um, I would never assume that it was even a possibility.
0: Have you – Quentin's talked about wanting to do this on stage at some point. Would you want to do it on stage?
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, it would be, an, I think, a tremendous night in the theater. yeah. If you could pull this kind of violence off and this kind of humor off on stage, it would – I mean, it would just be amazing. It's
0: like that – like uh, I think like Martin McDonough's stuff where he's like pushed like violence as much as you could – like you don't traditionally think of like blood and guts on a stage no. and that tension. I mean,
2: I remember I saw Bug and I was oh,
0: right. stunned. And yeah. I saw it in
2: a little tiny theater and I was just thinking, how the hell did they do that? Like, yeah. It was so gory and visceral but funny and disturbing all at the same time. you Right.
0: Know? Do you uh, – you've, you've done a tremendous amount of theater in I wouldn't in your say career. tremendous,
2: but I've done some, yeah. You've done, yeah I've I'm, done – yeah. And, and it right. seems
0: like – is has that something been, uh, been a priority for you? Has it been happenstance where, like, when film work wasn't interesting and there was interesting parts in the theater, it kind of ebbed and flowed? Or, or how much of it was kind of calculated and how much of it was just sort of –
2: None of it was calculated. So it was more like um, – Like, for example, when I was doing Existence, which is another movie I actually like very much, um, I came to New York to see Cabaret with my mom. And I went backstage afterwards because I knew some of the actors in it. And they said, oh, you know, Natasha's about to leave. Would you be interested in... The show was magnificent. I was like, absolutely. And so I flew back two weeks later and auditioned for Sam. And that's how that happened. So that is really happenstance, you know.
0: This episode of Happy, Sad, Confused is brought to you by GoodTherapy.org, the most trusted online resource for finding a therapist. Meeting with a therapist or counselor can help people to live happy, fulfilling lives. Whether you're facing mental health challenges such as depression, anxiety, or grief, or trying to cope with everyday stressors like family conflict therapy can be a tool for healing, self-exploration, and growth. Therapy offers a non-judgmental environment in which you can feel connected, supported, and understood. Since 2007, GoodTherapy.org has helped millions of people find qualified counselors and therapists. Guys, there is hope. There are people who care. Change is possible. So find the right therapist right now at www.goodtherapy.org. For someone that's that's, I mean, I don't know if you would characterize yourself as a professional singer. You've actually sung quite a bit, whether it's on stage <laughs> or in film. Um, and I think I think of cabaret. Like I, I spoke to Emma when she was about to do it, and when when she was doing it, she was so exhilarated, Emma Stone, and she was, but she was petrified too. I mean, I guess part of the the appeal of that character for her, I know she said to me at the time, was that like she doesn't have to be.
2: Right. right, that's what Sam singer. always said. Did that
0: know. feel like a comfort zone to, to know like, okay, I don't have to sound perfect. In fact, I, I should sound a little damaged and rough around the edges. Yeah,
2: that's, I mean, yeah. If you're not a great singer, you always want to hear
0: that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do, do you like the sound of your own voice?
2: It depends. Um, I love to sing. Yeah. I don't always like the sound of my own voice. And I um, I prefer singing to listening to what I sound like. (laughs) (laughs) But I do love to sing. I like the way I sound in Anomalisa, though.
0: ANOMALISA, uh, we should talk about, which also, I mean, I feel like there could be great documentaries made about both the making of Hateful Eight and Anomalisa, too. Yeah,
2: so totally different experiences, but both like ones I just cherish.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, the mind of of Charlie Kaufman is an interesting one, and you you, you had a smaller part in Schenectady. But this one basically started as a radio kind of play, Mm -hmm. right? It wasn't even like a full-on production. It was was you sitting in seats. It was called like
2: theater for the new year. And it was really Carter Burwell wrote the score and all the actors sat in chairs, director's chairs. And then there was a guy doing Foley at the front of the stage. It was another like wonderful night of theater, but it was only two nights. And I loved playing Lisa so much. And I didn't want to really let go of playing it, you know? Yeah. But it, we, for a while, there were rumors of going to Sydney, going to the Sydney Opera House with it, and that fell through. And then so it was how many years later, eight years later? crazy. Eight years later So you told me about doing this. And
0: when did you actually record the voice? Two years
2: ago. So it is amazing that they both came out right yeah. now because yeah. we voiced it two years ago. But, you know, they could only shoot – they shot two seconds a day on a good day. Because it, every single time a puppet closes it, blinks, yeah, that's someone going in and closing their eyes. you know, so
0: it's fascinating. and yeah. a lot's been, a lot's been said about uh, about the very intimate nature of the sex scene in the film, which is again, unlike anything I think any of us have ever seen in film, which is tough to say. It feels like you've seen it all by now. but um it, it and I think intimates the word. it just feels so authentic and true. And so
2: awkward. yeah, and it feels like real time. Yeah, I felt very, um, like, embarrassed when I watched it. You know, and it's not me. I mean, it's not, right. the puppet isn't even based on my body or sure. my face or anything, but I still felt more exposed than any full <sighs> nudity, like, yeah. scene. And also, even acting the scene was very intimate and uncomfortable. And David and I weren't touching even, you know. Like, I've done love scenes where I've been naked with other actors, and yeah. this felt much more intimate in some
0: so what do you say before or after a take of that like what's the discussion of I mean it's it's, it's a much different you discussion don't even I would think speak, you oh just, really <laughs> you just like, get this over with but <laughs> like, get uh, as much awkwardness out of the way as possible.
2: You just go into yourself and you just wait here if you're going again or not Are
0: you making eye contact with David during when you're when you're
2: I mean that's a good question. I'm trying to think back on it. I just remember it feeling very um. Probably not. Probably yeah. had our eyes closed, like one would, you know.
0: Right. Right.
2: Or looking at the script for the lines, because we were actually we had to tape our pages next to each other so they wouldn't make sound, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we turned them. Um, and there might have been some eye contact, but there was. It was so intimate in some ways that it felt just as awkward as if we were actually. I'm sure. Having sex in some way.
0: The. Um, so so go, going back uh, uh, into the career, I mean, it's fascinating to look at sort of something like Fast Times, which um, no one could have known at the time was going to be what it has become. And it was essentially your first feature film, right, okay. give or take. Are, are you, Does it still boggle your mind that it is brought up so much that it, is, that it has stood up as well as it has? Did you kind of ever feel like, OK, this has a life, but it'll go away. People forget about it and they'll go on to the next thing um
2: yeah i don't really you know i didn't think about it that much i mean i remember we were all so young when we made that movie and it was such a fun movie to make and then it was this like huge hit yeah and we went to the movies and there'd be audiences saying the lines back with the screen and you just thought when you're that young, you just think, "Oh, so this is what it is to make a movie." And right. Then it comes out and everybody goes in yeah. droves, and they go again and again and again. And they learn all the lines, and it feels great. Right. <laughs> but it never happened again. Really. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so I really i I love that movie. You know, it has like a special place in my in my life. And
0: what what are your? Uh, the legend has it that that Sean basically was in character shooting that film, was he? Was he was was he spicoli all the time?
2: Um, um not all the time. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. I mean a lot I mean a lot of the time, yeah. but not, not all the time. Okay.
0: okay. <laughs> um and, and if nothing else, you got a lifelong friend out of it in Phoebe Case. That's
2: yeah, that's the biggest thing. I mean aside from the fact that I, I love the movie. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean that's very, very rare yeah. to um meet someone on a film and become lifelong friends with them.
0: What did you I mean do you remember why you connected at that time what it was? You know what?
2: I think Amy cast it really well. I mean, we have a very similar relationship to this day. <laughs> <laughs> when I ever I need guidance, whenever I need support, whenever right. I need to find my way or try to understand a situation, she's the first person I call.
0: Yeah. Outside of, I guess, an anniversary party, she's essentially – she's retired from acting, which is a shame. But, I mean, you know, priorities change, et cetera. She's so good.
2: Um,
0: So, in in the wake of Fast Times, I mean, you say, like, at the time, not realizing that every film was going to be quoted verbatim to your face. But um, were you getting interesting roles at that time afterwards? I mean, what what are your remembrances of the few years after that?
2: I think things became easier. Yeah? Yeah. I think after Fast Times, I did – I feel like I did Easy Money, maybe, after right. last times, and then that led to like Last Exit and Miami Blues, and that's when things really changed. Right, for
0: me. right, right. Did um, one of the one of these, uh, you know, you always look at IMDb and see all the, the the stuff that you're reputed to turn down or audition for. One that stuck out to me was uh was Terminator. Were you up for Terminator?
2: I was up for Terminator. I would have loved to have done Terminator. I did not get Terminator. That's fascinating. But I did audition several times. So did it was you close?
0: Did you meet with Jim and or? Oh also?
2: yeah, yeah. I, I met with both of them, and I, um, I met with, yeah, and Gail Unheard and um,
0: Read with Arnold at the time? No, or? no.
2: That I didn't do. Yeah. But I think, um, I think it was very close, but I didn't get it.
0: But e- but even on the page and talking to someone like, like James Cameron, who ha- really hadn't done much of anything outside of a Roger Corman film or two, you still, that registered as something that was going to be it interesting? It was a great script. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. It yeah. was a really exciting, really fun script. Especially when you realize what's happened at the end. You know, it's a, it has so many so great it's so Philip and, yeah. K. Dick and yeah. it's just it's just so good.
0: You got to scratch that itch, I guess, a little bit in existence into that kind of like yeah. smart sci fi kind of world.
2: Was, I love sci fi.
0: Was Cronenberg someone that was like on that I don't know if you have an official list or not, but someone that like it feels like oh, yeah. you've gravitated towards like interesting, cool directors, yeah. which speaks well of your uh taste. Um, I, I
2: loved Videodrome, of course. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'd been wanting to work with him so yeah, and I mean all of his movies. I just think they're fascinating and and he's the most normal guy right. on the planet.
0: Right. He's just kinda like, boring in a way. Almost. He's just <laughs> such a fan you know, he's just like
2: his family is the center of his world right. and yet he makes these insanely creative, odd, frightening movies.
0: And has done it kind of virtually on his own terms. Like I don't think he's ever moved to LA. He's still a no, Canadian, no. right? He's
2: through and through.
0: Um Miami Blues is a crazy movie. I don't think I'd seen it since it came out. I, I, the fact that like it exists is amazing. It's just so dark <laughs> and bizarre, it's and really what you and Alex' performances insane. Fred Ward, like it's all of it is just bananas to me. What are your remembrances of of shooting that?
2: Um, that was like for me a role where I that I for some reason really connected to. Yeah, I like flew to Okeechobee. I met all these young girls there. And I just fell into her skin in this kind of effortless way. Yeah. And I loved working with Alec. Um, he made me laugh so hard. <laughs> and he's just so damn good. He's great in it. And we just had a blast.
0: I mean, a, a lot's been made. I know, like in like the narrative of your career, like like it does seem like you've played a dis- or at least early in the career a dis- disproportionate amount of of prostitutes or damaged mm. young women. Did it feel like that at the time or did that feel like
2: You know, it didn't because the roles were so different. I mean Susie Wagner is a lot closer to Stacy Hamilton than right. she is to Trollala. Right. She's such a good girl. Right. You know, I mean it's like I've played like three good girls in my life and <laughs> I would say Susie Wagner is one of them and Stacy and Lisa. Yeah. In an Lisa you know, and the rest are pretty complicated, but those women are not complicated at all. Yeah. And um, it didn't, so no, it's just like, that's what they did for a living.
0: It didn't define I mean, them. It, it didn't was,
2: define them, yeah. no. And um, they're just great parts.
0: Yeah. Did, um well, one, I, I would, I guess you could argue that was maybe more, quote unquote, normal or less damaged that, that. I feel like uh, maybe you went in with, like, mixed emotions about was, like, Backdraft, a film like that. Where, right. You know what I mean? Like That
2: was hard for me, actually, because I just didn't – and I always felt bad. I remember apologizing to Ron Howard, just saying, I'm sorry. I don't think I did a very good job. Um, I found it hard to uh, – like, I, I learned all about um, how to approach a role. Basically, my mother's a screenwriter, and so right. she did, does tremendous research, and she instilled that in me. So even for that role in Backdraft, I – did all this research, but for some reason I couldn't find my way in. Yeah. And so I just didn't feel like I did a great, a great job on that. Um,
0: Is is there a lesson from that you took going forward in terms of like, that was also a big studio film and it's hard to say no to that kind of a thing. And that was
2: interesting to me and working with Ron Howard was exciting to me. Um, And the cast, everything about it. I just didn't, I couldn't figure it out.
0: There wasn't enough to chew on. There wasn't an angle in. There wasn't...
2: For me. Yeah. I just couldn't figure it out. And it's probably a lot simpler than I made it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so there's that. But then what happens is you start reading. The place I think actors can get into trouble is if you start reading too much about people saying you're always playing this or you're always you're playing right. that. Then you start making decisions like, oh, maybe I should do. Mm-hmm. And then you start turning down things that really... Um, appeal to you personally and that you find moving or you find distinct but you think oh no i can't play that because i've right done it and you just i think as an actor it's really important have to, to be more
0: instinctual and true to yourself yeah, and
2: you have to be true to yourself yeah and you also if you, if you like a director and you don't understand maybe don't understand the piece 100 percent Go with it. Go with it. It's a director's <laughs> medium. It really is. And yeah. you want that opportunity to work with those people that make great movies.
0: So was there – it sounds like there was a period of time where you felt like you maybe were making the wrong choices for, uh-huh. for whatever. I think so. Was there a specific time period you were talking about in terms of when you felt like you lost the priorities that had gotten to, you were, to where you were?
2: The, yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't, I don't want to list things because I don't want to put sure. down movies that I made because that's not fair to the filmmakers. And um, – Obviously, I don't want to say the things that I turn down because it just makes me look like such an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: okay. It's on IMDb. You can look it up if you really want, guys.
2: But um, no, because a lot of those things are wrong on the Internet actually
0: well how about this I'm, I'm curious again I always just like to take the temperature of somebody's like interest in terms of as a film fan because clearly you appreciate great work and great directors what were the what were the film's directors even growing up I mean you're obviously your mom was a screenwriter and an actress prior to that your dad was an actor um what was your first exposure to the, the medium of film and what did you really fall in love with
2: well um, I mean the film that really sort of shook me up and made me realize what you could do as an actor was dog day afternoon. And that I had just never seen anything that visceral, anything that moving, that alive, that real. I was just blown away by that. And I, I think I was 14. And so I had to have people in line, buy me tickets. (laughs) I wasn't telling my parents that I was going to dog day afternoon. Um, and, um,
0: and by the way, one that holds up too. That's, I can I mean, watch
2: that forever. Yeah, that and Rosemary's Baby. It doesn't matter how much. I always get sucked right in. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if I know what's going to happen. I'm. I'm right there with it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that really was was profound. I'd always wanted to act, but that was a film where you realized what acting could be. Right.
0: Was um, Because in hearing you talk about it throughout your career, it sounds like your mom has always been a sounding board, like a very important Mm -hmm. one to you from the beginning to up until now. Um, Was she supportive from the get-go in terms of when you started to really make your intentions known?
2: Yeah, because I was very, very young. I Also, you know, I grew up in Hollywood. So, to me, that's what people did when they grew up. It wasn't like some far-off dream. But she wouldn't let me take acting classes. So, that was like a little – bit of like hardship for me because I really wanted to start acting. Even if it was in a class, I just wanted to learn and do and do. And she, she was really smart. You know, she just feels like children are instinctual yeah. and you don't want them to start molding that. Right. Because there's so many bad kid actors because.
0: You don't want to see the machinery, especially for a kid. It's No,
2: it's, it's all about make believe and yeah. pretend and that's all it should be. Yeah. So she was very anti any kind of acting class. And finally, when I was 14, you know, I was old enough to convince her to let me go to, like, a Lee Strasberg, like, summer right. program. And I would walk there. It was on Hollywood Boulevard, and I would walk there. Um,
0: is she someone you still ask questions for advice, et cetera, too? Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. No, she's great. She's great.
0: And, um, well, that that's a good segue to Georgia, which is a special film for you, I know. And, and again, another film that holds up, you both you and Mayor Winningham and... Um, Tevlin's great in it. There's a lot of great performances in it. Um, and talking about singing and using your voice, like I mean, heartbreaking scenes between you and, and Mare, the duet. Like, it, it, there's so much to conveyed in the different approaches to singing, the different abilities, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, it must have. Been, I mean, do you count that not only the finished product but the filming of that as something that was quite special?
2: Oh yes. I mean, I really. I that movie is hugely significant for me. You know, first of all my mother wrote it it was a story I came up with yeah um so
0: loosely based on your sister. loosely based on my older sister yeah
2: yeah um but my older sister actually has quite a beautiful voice um but I'm the you know I'm the one in my family who whose singing voice is not so great mm-hmm. Quentin likes my singing voice <laughs> actually but most you know people especially my family don't like it so much <laughs> um <laughs> But
0: are, are those are those scenes in particular fun, painful, whatever to watch in terms of that you're your singing? No, it's not are-
2: painful at all because it's really I I got so deep into Sadie that yeah. it's not like watching myself sing. Yeah, you know, um, and Sadie just lives so far out on the edge. You know, she's just like this raw nerve and just trying to survive, and she wants. Success so badly, yeah. and it, she she wants all that stuff that's so meaningless so badly, <sighs> you know. But she's she has something that Georgia doesn't have, which is um, that she is really alive, and she really is experiencing things, and she is really raw when she sings. There's nothing polished about it, and that is an art, yeah, in a way, you know, to be that sort of vulnerable and that um, naked when you perform is not something most people do i mean it's not something a lot of people want to see right but it is there's a lot of uh bravery to that you know
0: in this season of like tributes and all this kind of stuff i would assume you're probably being exposed to more and more clips of your older work than maybe in your usual day-to-day life is it can you learn something from seeing some of your older work or even i haven't work?
2: really been watching really no is that i is, mean they they've been having like uh retrospective right now like we were saying but um I don't I'm not I went for a Q&A the first night
0: Got it so is that is that something that's is that your idea of a perfect hell to watch yourself in? Not any-
2: necessarily. It depends on the project.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: okay. I mean, if I if I think I'm bad in something, I'm not going. Got it. <laughs> I'm just not going to watch it.
0: Um, well, one film that that you didn't end up in, but I wonder if you're comfortable talking about. I'm just fascinated by Kubrick. Is Eyes Wide Shut?
2: Oh, I loved making that. I mean, I had the best time. And f- I mean, he was such a mensch. I mean, really a sweetheart yeah. of a man. Well, that's and-
0: fascinating to hear. I mean, he shot that for like literally like two years. Yeah. And it basically, I think uh, what uh, you, they needed you for reshoots and you had they, another yeah, project. And I, and I
2: was doing Existence. There you go. So I begged Cronenberg, you know, but we we're in the middle of a shoot. So Cronenberg actually got on the phone with Stanley and he said, I can give you four days. Yeah. And he said, I need two weeks, which you know with him is probably going to be more like <laughs> six months. Yeah. So I just couldn't do it.
0: So in your mind, is the, is the reward, I mean, you got an experience with Stanley Kubrick. The
2: reward for me is always the doing. Yeah, it really is. I mean, that's that's really what you have as an actor. I mean, yes, we have the movies that you can look back on or, you know, other people can see and you can share with them. But the the reward is always in the making of the movie. Well, it's and also more in your like, control.
0: I mean, you like at the end of the day, even if it was a great experience, as we all know, sometimes it just doesn't work. So you you, you should focus on the actual experience and enjoying that for what it's worth. Because that's,
2: that's where that's you're where That's why acting. you're
0: doing it. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: I mean, it's great to watch a movie, but like there's some movies that I turn down that I regret turning down, but then I see the movie and the performance, the woman that ended up doing the movie yeah. is so good that I just enjoy seeing the movie, yeah. you know? So it's it's funny. But it is, like, I miss working on The Hateful Eight. And one of the really lovely things about being nominated is that it keeps it alive that much longer. Right. Because when a movie comes out, it's over. Right. You know, before it comes out, you still, it's still, it's not out. It's not out. Yeah, so it yeah. still is alive for you in a certain way. So that's, I mean, one of the many nice things, but it is one of a did, uh,
0: did, uh, did Kubrick put you through like dozens and dozens? I mean, he had to. That's his technique, dozens and dozens yeah, of takes. Yeah, and, and how was that process? Was it something that?
2: It was really interesting um, because what he would do is he would do a take and then have you come over to the monitor mm. and then watch it, the take oh, with him. I mean, that's why it takes so long. Yeah, yeah. You know, And then he would tell you things he liked specifically in the take and things he didn't like. And moments he wanted you to repeat and moments you didn't. And huh. then sometimes he would give you line readings, which that's one thing that's kind of hard for me, Yeah, a line reading, because I don't... So not the way it's my, it's head, not the way my brain works. Yeah. Because
0: um, then you're imitating someone else as opposed to... Yeah, and I don't know to, what it
2: means. Right. For me, I, need to, I kind of need to know what something means, and then I could probably give you the line reading. Right. But it's hard... I want to be good at everything, but I'm not, you know, so Mm -hmm. that, like, I try. Like, if somebody gives me a line reading, I'll just do it Mm -hmm. because I want to please the director. But I – it doesn't mean I understand what I'm doing. And that maybe doesn't matter, you know?
0: But for your enjoyment of the process, too, you feeling like you know what you're doing, you want to know
2: the thoughts behind it, the feelings behind it. Yeah, I need to know that. I mean, or I like to know that because it – it's just easier to live it if you know what's behind something
0: right um, well what about what about the process of someone like Altman who you worked with a couple times, who again is very unique um I mean that's an uh, you know infamously loose atmosphere um was that like that context that he would bring that environment he would bring something that you felt a great comfort in
2: um yeah, although it's very ter- that ter- can be terrifying as well yeah. because he'll literally say the script is just a blueprint, it's a skeleton. I need you to go flesh it out and yeah. bring it to me, and I don't even really want to know. I just want to see it on the day. Yeah, surprise me and make it great, you know. And that's a,
0: <laughs> that's putting a lot on
2: <laughs> weight on your shoulders. It's fun. like, wait,
0: didn't we hire writers? Didn't <laughs> we? <laughs> Can't we?
2: I mean, there's something kind of exhilarating about it and yeah. exciting about it, but yeah, I mean, it, he puts a lot in your hands. But it's kind of great. I mean, there's, like, no marks. There's – he just follows you. You know, if there's children and you're supposed to be their mom, like, in shortcuts, he wants you to give them the direction. Wow. Because he wants them to look at you like you're their parent. Right. He's just – he was so smart and lovely. And he would always have these dinners with the cast, you know, and every night the dinners would get bigger and bigger.
0: (laughs) Um, Directors that have gotten away thus far, who are the ones that – whether you were referencing them specifically earlier, or just generally that that are on that list, who would I like
2: to? Yeah. Oh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Who? We, oh,
0: here's a random thing I want to mention. When I'm researching, he put you in thanks to both Boogie Nights, I think, and Magnolia at the end credits. Yeah, is there a story behind that?
2: Um, I, I watched a lot of the early um, cuts. Nice. So that was very nice. It's a good mind. friend to have. Yeah, it was very, very nice. And he actually was really kind and very helpful on anniversary party because he watched early cut. Oh, nice. Of that. So did Quentin actually?
0: Amazing. Yeah. Wait, Quentin watched an early cut of anniversary party way back yeah. when.
2: Yeah. Huh.
0: Um, which is which to date is your only directing credit? you yes. Now and coming. Yeah. Is that something that if I dropped twenty million dollars in your lap today, that you would direct something?
2: You want to give day? me twenty million dollars? First,
0: I need to go enter the lotto. Yeah,
2: <laughs> well, I'll do that. Okay, then, yes, I'll but is that. is that something that's? Yeah, I do want. It. I would love. T- I'd love to do it again. But you know, it it takes time because I I wanted I would like to direct again, and I um, but I would want it to be something that I wrote.
0: Yeah. Are you always writing, or do you have scripts that you've written?
2: I have a few. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, once if you've written something and it's a long time ago, sometimes you kind of fall out of love with it and then Yeah. Or it's just but I don't know, I haven't read them in a long time. So
0: So looking ahead, um I believe I don't know if it's official that you're gonna be working with Alex Garland, yes, on his next film. Is that it's, safe to say or
2: Um I'm hoping to, yes.
0: Okay.
2: I hope that is
0: very talented writer and director amazing. obviously yeah I loved, gonna, it's amazing.
2: Gonna, I loved it so much
0: so that, has that been fun too I, I would think like part of this fun season is like the oscars lunch and all these things like you're getting not only to hang with your hateful eight cast members but you're you're hanging with some pretty amazing filmmakers yeah, and actresses some pretty and actors rooms, yeah um and connecting with and like whether it's friendships or career mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. Seeing people I haven't of good seen stuff.
2: in a long long time and
0: when's the last time you were at the oscars
2: oh a long time ago yeah yeah
0: so um and are you are you able to even comment on twin peaks there's rumors no. that you might be in twin peaks
2: i i know nothing about it
0: okay well i'll just say that would be a, a match made in heaven <laughs> you and david lynch speaking of idiosyncratic fascinating directors mm-hmm. um well, I, I can't thank you enough for coming by today. I, as I said, I'm a huge, if you couldn't tell from like the, this is your life nature of the conversation, I'm a huge fan of your work mm-hmm. and a huge fan of this film. And hopefully um, when you see my, my crazy face on the Oscar carpet, I'll be a, a source of calm for you. You will. I'll try.
2: I'm going to come right straight okay. to you. Okay,
0: good. I'll be there for you. No, uh, good you luck that good. night. And um, good to see you as always, Jennifer. Nice to thank you. Thanks again to GoodTherapy.org for sponsoring today's episode of Happy, Sad, Confused. GoodTherapy.org is the most trusted online resource for finding a therapist. Meeting with a therapist or counselor can help people to live happy, fulfilling lives. Since 2007, GoodTherapy.org has helped millions of people find qualified counselors and therapists. There is hope. There are people who care. Change is possible. Find the right therapist at www.goodtherapy.org. What movies deserve to be in the
1: all-time canon of
0: great films? How about American Beauty?
2: What struck me watching American Beauty is how much it felt like a period piece, even though it's only 16 years old.
0: Forrest Gump. This movie gets painted as a conservative movie, but this movie just hates everybody. Fast Times at Ridgemont High.
1: Amy Heckerling
0: cares about teenagers and understands teenagers. Star Wars. C-3PO is terrible, and uh, he tweets his best friend really poorly all the time.
1: But why and is he his best friend? They're just two robots. This is... Are my blender and my toaster friends? Join the conversation on the canon with new episodes every Monday. Listen on Wolf Pop Howl or your favorite podcast app.
2: pop 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 This has been a Wolf Pop production. Executive produced by Paul Shear, Adam Sachs, Chris Bannon, and Matt Goorley. For more information and content, visit wolfpop.com.